Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1719. Today we're talking about matching up job seekers in the automotive sector through apprentice programs. It's going to be fun. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah, and Happy New Year. I can't believe today is the first day of 2021. It could not have come fast enough. Oh my gosh, 2020, we made it, we survived, thank goodness. Today I'm in Laguna Beach, beautiful Laguna Beach, which is real near my sister and my mom, that's pretty cool, and I'm talking with a very special guest by the name of Nicholas Wyman. Nicholas, welcome to Cars Yeah, Happy New Year, my friend. <laughs> How you doing? Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Mark, absolutely. All is quiet on New Year's Day. <laughs> well. You know, you know the song, the U2 song, it was their, uh, it was actually their first uh, single in the American charts way back in, uh, I think it was 93. Yeah, you're dating both of us. I do know that quite well. <laughs> well, it's a great song to pump up loud on New Year's Day. Yeah, now if I had licensing rights, I'd be playing that right now, but they'd come after and sue me. So uh, you guys listening will just have to imagine this. But I tell you, Nick, it's kind of a, a great honor. I won't say it's kind of. It is a great honor to have you here as the first guest in 2021. And my goodness, we all made it through a very crazy year Uh We'll keep all our fingers crossed and make this year even better, more healthy for everyone, happier, I hope, and more prosperous. I'm going to talk today with you about what you do, which is really near and dear to my heart, and that is helping young people and older people find new careers and so forth. But before I dive into a proper introduction, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Nick? I actually was started life as as a chef um, when I, well, not when I was born, I'm talking a few years <laughs> after that. When I when I left high school, my father was an academic and, uh, you know, wanted to push me down the path of, of four-year college. And I actually went off to culinary school, did an apprenticeship and ended up working uh, in hotels um, in the UK. And I must say that's a part of where my fascination with cars came from. Some of these older English hotels, um, the Savoy and uh, Claridge's in London, they used to have some nice what the English call motors had some nice motors parked out the front. And I remember going home, coming into work early in the morning or going home, and I'd sneak around the front door of the hotel and check out some of the cars. No doubt. Oh, wonderful cars. British cars are what started it all for me. My father had a 1949 MGTC when I was very little, five years old. I have great memories riding around in that car on the uh, driver's side, which was actually not the driver's side on that car. It was a right-hand drive car. Mark, I've got to tell you, in Australia, I still, I've been in the U.S. over a decade. The other day, you know, with, with all this corona stuff on people's minds, I've got my mask, got my keys. I walk around and I'm standing at the passenger door going, hey, where's the steering wheel? <laughs> I still do it. Like after years and years, I still sometimes get in the wrong side of the car. But don't worry, those listeners out there, if they come towards me on the road, I'm real careful where I keep the line. I'm very I concentrated all the time. <laughs> all right. Well, let me give you a proper introduction. We're going to dive into what you do here. Nicholas Wyman is CEO and founder of the IWSI Group. It's a global network and leading enterprise dedicated to matching job seekers with automotive careers through apprenticeships. Over the last decade, the company has designed programs for BMW Australia and Nismap for Nissan Motor Company. Nicholas has set up international scholarships where apprentices get to visit state-of-the-art automotive dealerships, including Mercedes-Benz of Louisville. I think there's something I'd like to do. Nicholas speaks all over the world and provides technical assistance on building apprenticeship programs and is a regular contributor to a variety of high-profile blogs. And his book on skill building, Job You, which we'll talk about a little bit today, has received both national and international awards. Nicholas is also on the advisory board of the American Institutes of Innovative Apprenticeships. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about Nick, but first a word from our sponsors, my partners here that keep this show on the air for you folks. So give them a listen. Happy New Year to everybody. We'll be right back and we're going to have some fun. Do you have a pet in your household that loves to go for rides? Our pets are part of our families, but they can be very hard on your vehicle's interior. 
Covercraft offers a wide variety of solutions to protect your vehicle from Fido's rough treatment. Canine cargo area covers are padded for comfort and provide door-to-door protection. Pet pads have built-in features that keep cargo areas and seats protected. Covercraft's quality pet solutions cover cargo areas, bucket or bench seats, and protect from damaging claws, pet fur and hair, mud, moisture, and drool from permanently damaging those fine finishes on your vehicle's interiors. Choose from a variety of styles and covers for almost every vehicle that's made. And here's something I've got just for you and for Fido. Use the code ya 120 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft pet protection order. That's right, 10% off. That'll make Fido happy. Simply use the code ya 120 Y-E-A-H-120 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. And Fido too. American Collectors Insurance, that's how I now protect my Porsche Turbo. The one I call my orange crush. Are you insuring your classic vehicles on your regular daily driver auto policy? Then your special vehicles are at risk. Your regular auto insurance carrier won't tell you how much you'll get until after a claim. And more than likely, you'll be in for a rude awakening. With a agreed value policy from American Collectors Insurance, you'll be paid your vehicle's full agreed value. No surprises. If you're driving your collector car less than 5,000 miles a year, Do what I did. Call American Collectors Insurance and get your very own agreed value policy tailored to your specific vehicle. If you're like me, you're picky about who works on your special ride. A great policy allows you to choose your repair shop of choice, and that means you'll know the job is done right. I shopped around and decided to protect my car with American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting vehicles since 1976. Give them a call for a quote today at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did at American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. All right, Nick, we are back. And as we continue on what I'm going to call your life's journey, I would love for you to share a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the uh, tires spinning a little bit here on New Year's Day. So, Nick, grab the wheel. 2021, I'd ask people to reach out and give a kid a go. Mm. Give a kid a go. Young people have been disproportionately affected by this corona COVID episode. doesn't matter if you're not an employer. If you know someone, you have a friend who's got a shop, got some way of getting a young person engaged, use 2021, say, you know what, I'm going to give some young person a start in life, just like we've all had. It's going to be really important. You know what? I love this. And this is why I knew this was going to be so much fun to talk with you today. As my listeners know, TechForce is my charity of choice. It's a great organization that helps young people get into the business. And I'll tell you something, Nick, I've heard this more and more from so many people I've had on the show, especially people who are builders and fabricators, shop owners, technicians, mechanics, even artists, that this apprenticeship program is so important because colleges like you aren't really for everybody. There's other alternatives. There's great alternatives. And what you do at IWSI Group is a wonderful example of that. Give them a go. I love the way you said that too. It's fantastic. So let's take a deep dive into IWSI Group. I'd love for you to talk more about this organization you've built. And there's also a report that you've created recently that dispels a very popular myth around apprenticeships and challenges. So we'll dive into that too. So again, grab the wheel. Well, Mark, um, the proposition here is that uh, there's been a super highway to college-only uh, pathways. And I realised uh, at, at a fairly young age that I like to learn by doing. So I like to use my head and I like to use my hands. And there's been a lot of talk about, uh, you don't, you know, that uh, vocational pathways or CTE pathways are for the not-so-bright kids, and that is a big myth. There are some very successful people who are doing very well, particularly through these uh, changing economic times, because they have the technical skills as well as the theoretical skills. And I'm certainly not saying that education is not important, but there are different ways to learn. So apprenticeship 
is a fantastic way, particularly, I was going to say, if you've been locked up in a classroom for the last 12 years, like my children, my children don't go to school. They sit behind a, they sit behind a, a, a television monitor. So, um, you know, young people probably need to get out and, and get their hands. Uh, the last thing they want to do is sit behind some more uh, cameras and, and, and learn in this theoretical environment. There is nothing wrong with getting someone out of school and let's get out and let's actually do something. Um, and this is a great way to learn. I love what so many people are doing like you in this realm. And I really believe colleges, and I, I believe in colleges. I went to college. I sent both my kids to great colleges at great expense. One of the challenges I see is colleges, I think, have priced themselves right out of the market. The, the cost to go to a four-year school is absurd. And so many kids go to these schools not really knowing what they want to do. They come out with this massive debt. It's like a mortgage hanging around their neck. And then they can't even find a job in the field that they thought they loved. I've had so many people on my show that are very, like me, I like to learn doing things, putting my hands in things, opening the hood of the car and diving into it. This is part of this uh, report that you've created, dispelling that myth that everybody has to go get a four-year degree. And it's not true. And I have friends, family family members who are technicians that work in car repair shops or they work in technical like a, a nephew of mine works for Tesla. He is making magnificent money and loves what he's doing. There's so many options. Look, absolutely. And, and there are so many options in the industry. It doesn't have to be just light vehicle or listen, I have to say this with my Aussie accent. In Australia, collision repair, they actually call it down there. They call it uh, the body shop. The body you know, shop. <laughs> call it the body shop where they do panel beating. It sounds some like prehistoric people on the side of the vehicles going whack, 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 or whatever. Go. And while we're talking about that, they call carpenters chippies. Chippies. And they call electricians sparkies. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I do digress. But, you know, it really is, you know, it really is um, a very broad and varied occupation. And you just mentioned about, you know, Tesla there, this whole electrification of vehicles. That's exciting. It's exciting and uh, particularly for, for younger people who might like gaming, they sort of think with a technical mind. I mean, there are so many opportunities going to be emerging, uh, not only with you know, new um, electric vehicles, you know, retrofitting and, and restoration of existing vehicles. I think that's going to be huge. And in, in my home state of California, there's a lot of shops now setting up, as you'd know, taking classics and, and sort of putting that uh, electrification spin on that. Some people have got their views about whether that's ripping up a great vehicle or not. But, you know, there's, some, there's going to be some exciting opportunities this year. Oh, yeah. David Bernardo, who's a past guest, is down there in San Diego where I grew up, Z-Electric. And he puts these electric motors in old VW buses. In fact, Omaz is giving away a bus right now like that in conjunction with Willie Nelson. But he's put them in old Porsches and Gears and so forth. I saw at the Quail, not this year, of course, but last year, Jaguar brought an XKE and put an electric motor in that vehicle. I think it's absolutely fantastic, this whole new direction and focus and so forth. So tell my listeners some of the things that they might want to know or should know about IWSI, what you do, what your daily work is all about, and perhaps how they can tap on your shoulder and, and help. So my, you know, my passion, um, and I, it's great that I'm able to connect you know, my passion and interests and, and my love of, of the automotive industry, we're really about connecting, connecting people with companies, um, designing apprenticeship programs. So um, if uh, an organisation is, is thinking about how to bring in talent into their organisations, how to give, as I said at the, the top of the show, how to give a kid a go, we help organisations with that. And there's plenty of different ways. Apprenticeship is, is growing across the country. There's um, some support offered at federal level, at state level. But ultimately, this isn't a government thing. We, you know, if we're going to be waiting for government, we're going to be waiting a lot. <laughs> no, let's not wait for government anymore. This is in the hands of industry. This is, a, this is an opportunity for a company to say, I can buy the same vehicle as the guy down the road or the person down the road, but what can be a point of difference with my shop? And the point of difference is the caliber of people that they have working in that store. And it doesn't matter which part of the automotive industry you're in. I know myself, when I take my vehicles in to get service, 
I love meeting the techs. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit later about a road trip I went on, you know, uh, in, in California. And it really made my day because I connected with a guy um, working on some engines of some classic vehicles. And this guy just lit me up. You know, it was just uh, it was just a feeling I can't explain when someone loves their trade, loves their craft so much. They're so passionate about it. How can you not engage with that? Yeah, absolutely. It's what Cars Yeah is all about, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, people that have figured out how to wrap their passion for the automobile, motorcycle, truck into what they do. Now, one of the things I like to talk about, and we could take this a couple different directions, is to talk about a big challenge or even a big failure. When you think about what you do and you think about the technical world and these, these apprenticeships, because when I hear the word apprenticeship, I go all the way back to the olden days, way before I was born, where apprenticeships were what everything was about. A young person would go, they'd even live at a company for a year or so and learn that trade, how to do all of that, and then take that back into their own world or start their own business. For you, um, what's one of the biggest challenges that young people face these days with trying to get apprenticeships? Well, I think that, uh, you know, the German companies, and particularly in Germany, um, the German automobile makers really embraced apprenticeship decades and decades ago across the UK across my homeland of Australia, and apprenticeship comes second nature. In fact, in Switzerland, apprenticeship jobs fill faster than university pathways. So wow. there's more demand for people to get into apprenticeships because it is about the right education at the right time. So you can start off in an apprenticeship, you complete that qualification, and then you can move off and, and take on some additional studies. And, and that's the pathway. that's the pathway that I took. So in the US, it really is just the, you know, the challenge is there's just not enough, we'll call them slots available. There's not enough employers willing to embrace this. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. It's actually one of the Western world's oldest forms of, of learning, of occupational learning is apprenticeship. It has been modernized. People think, oh, it has something to do with a television show, a reality television show, or it has something to do with building and construction. The reality is that automotive apprenticeships have been around for decades and decades and decades, and they just keep getting better and better. And why they're getting better is that this whole idea of mentoring and coaching is being plugged in. So if, if you are looking for an apprenticeship, you're a young person or it's a grandchild or someone you know is looking to take on an apprenticeship, find something where you can get some mentoring and coaching. I'm not just telling you about the boss or the supervisor telling you what to do to learn the technical skills because, Mark, as you know and I know, technology, the whole world is changing rapidly. You're going to have to learn to adapt and you're going to have to learn to be resilient. So you need to learn more than just the technical skills. And that's another great reason to take on an apprenticeship because you're learning the technical skills, which you could learn in a classroom, but you're also learning these life skills how to communicate. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you two ex interesting examples. Uh, my home heating and air conditioning system. I have a good friend who owns a business here in the Northwest, and they put that in my home. And I was talking to him uh, even two years ago, and he was talking about how finding workers is so hard because the older workers are aging out. The younger people don't want to do that kind of work. But then when his technicians come to my house, they have to now be much more than just bending tin and putting the units in. They have to know how the computer systems work because the complexity of these heating and cooling systems and then just a little gauge on the wall has to connect via Wi-Fi and then it connects via my phone. So my wife is at work and she can turn the heat up and really play with me a little bit during the day. Like, why is it getting so hot in here? And she'll come home and laugh. Eh, turn the heat up on you. Ha ha ha. But that's a good example of trying to find people. And then on the flip side, Bruce Canapa here are you all in California, north of you, has a shop where they restore some of the finest vintage cars. And I was up there visiting him last year and I was looking at a Porsche 917 engine. And I said, who on earth knows how to work on these? And he said, this is going to be a problem going forward. I have this guy here who's 60 something years old, but nobody else knows how to do it. Uh, but if there was young people that knew that job even existed th and liked cars, think how exciting that would be. Absolutely. I mean, I said to you before that I went out to a, a shop and, um, you know, I uh, we all have our dream, you know, our dream cars. And occasionally I'd kind of blend my life where I connect 
you know, my passion with something I'm writing about. And I stumbled across this uh, this this shop in California and, and went out in exactly the same scenario. This this organization builds incredible cars. In fact, it's my you know one of the dream cars. You know, it's a 911 S silver red fully restored you know they blend craftsmanship and technology and uh you might know that the, the the group cpr classic oh guys. yes yes okay so i had a look at their operation and i tell you it was like you know it was more than a kid in a candy store but i came across the engine shop and that's where it, it was just like a match made in heaven for me the one of the technicians there was from my my father's homeland. He's from Czechoslovakia, or you know, he's no longer alive, but was from Czechoslovakia. Wow! This technician was trained in Europe, um, in Czechoslovakia. That you know, the gentleman had a few miles on the clock. But we were talking about, you know, I was looking at the, this way he was working with the with the engines, working with the technology, and saying to him, "What are we going to do to attract this next generation of young people?" And I believe, and not only I believe, I know there are young people, but it's about how to connect people, how to break down some of these biases. If I could take a group of young, enthusiastic people who are technically minded through that shop, they would be queuing up. I mean. It, it's just like, wow. I must say, I, I don't know if I told you the color. So it was silver, I think I probably oh, mentioned. Oh, yeah, silver on red. I heard it. Silver <laughs> 72 with uh, with the, the, the interior, just the, the red interior of this particular vehicle. You know, I had a, um, back in back in the 2000s, I had a Polar Silver 993. And uh, it was a 96993. And it was one of the best experiences and worst experiences of my life. Because it's like, well, what happened to that that vehicle? Crazy thing. I scratched a little scratch on the bumper, little scratch. Took it in to a uh, a panel beater, <laughs> into a panel beater. Um, you know, also known as uh, you know a body a, shop. <laughs> a body shop, exactly. And I went to pick it up, and the guy goes, "I love this. I love this car. You know, Nick, I love this car." I'm like, "Hey, I love this car too. We got something in common." Yeah. And he handed me a check and he said, I'm buying this car from you. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to sell my car. But in, in the background, my wife was saying, hey, you know, we've got some business, you know, got some business debts and we need to do some stuff. And yeah. you can't have all these toys sitting around the garage. And I kind of probably one of the biggest regrets is I said, all right, you know, you got a deal. So I took the check and it was probably one of the biggest automotive mistakes I've ever made. It was a, <laughs> it was a beautiful Low mile, um, you know, of course, you know, the last of the air cooled. Right. That was a bit of a regret, bittersweet. Yeah. Well, you and I speak the same language, my friend. Uh, I had a 72S for many, many years, uh, which is a great car. And I had a 97993C4S. So I understand. And mine was silver as well. So uh, oh, really? had both those cars. Yeah. And same thing. Bluish interior. It was look. It okay. It was a. It was a. It was a cabriolet, and it kind of had a wide. You know, it's. It, it, I haven't. You know, I look at the photos. I try and put them away so I'm not looking <laughs> all the time. But it kind of had like a, a turbo uh, body, or you know, it's definitely. Well, was uh, it an S or a four S? It was a four S. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it has the turbo body. Yeah, the wide body. That's what was on those cars. So you and I had the exact same rides. You know what I say about. Past cars, Nick, it's like old girlfriends. You can't go back. You got to just look forward, okay? All right. Just keep right. looking it's forward. A new, it's a new year. It's a new year. Um, there's a podcast I've been listening to. I just got to let it go. <laughs> I got to let it go. I might have some little ceremony. Let it go. Um, I might just go down to, yeah, CPR Classic, look through the window a little bit more, keep dreaming on there. But, um, you know, life goes on. There's always another car down the road. Don't worry, my friend. You know, before we take a little commercial break, uh, you mentioned this. That with our challenge here to get these young people queued up, as you say, to find these jobs, what's one brilliant way we can help? I, I really think that we need to get it's been so hard with these lockdowns and and this um, and and insurances. We need to get young people while they're still in school out of the classrooms and actually into some of our businesses, into our companies, into industry, not just automotive, all industries. It's so important to let young people see the opportunities that are available. 
And to understand, I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with grease and grime, let me tell you. But there is diagnostics. There is technology, right? Let's let young people come and see that and experience that. And uh, you mentioned at the top of the show this idea of scholarships, international scholarships. Mercedes-Benz Louisville um, out here in California, um, Fletcher Jones, have been fantastic companies at allowing young people from overseas to come in, visits of observation, see what it's like to work in a different store, a different country. You know, they're just learning. And I was able to do that as a, um, unfortunately not in automotive, in culinary. I was able to go to the UK and, and, and some of the experiences, you know, go to Germany. And I must tell you, that was the first time I went to Stuttgart. I always go to Stuttgart. I always go to the museums. If I'm anywhere in Europe, it's like, oh, Stuttgart's close. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not really. Just a train ride away. <laughs> oh, not really, Nick. It's like six hours. It's yeah. close for an Aussie. I mean, six hours, six hours on the train. That's just like a little local stop. So I always get there, you know, go through the museums. I, I must say, I, I do like some of the, the bratwurst and the sauerkraut. So that's where I can. Nothing, but that's my dream day, actually, yeah. is having a bit of German food, heading off to the museums, having a look at whether it's the Benz Museum or the Porsche Museum, particularly if I've got some younger people, some apprentices with me. That is my dream day. Sounds good to me. Well, let's take a short break and uh, take a breath as we enter this great new year that's going to be so great for all of us. It's the only way to look at it, right? And we'll be right back. Let's step away from the conversation and talk about our charity of choice here at Cars Yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture, across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through auto-related events, car shows, and drives. Among these nonprofits is TechForce Foundation, a great organization dedicated to solving the technician shortage that threatens the transportation industry today. By providing career development resources and increasing awareness and enthusiasm for the tech profession, TechForce is bringing bright young students into the auto, diesel, aviation, marine, motorcycle, motorsports, and restoration worlds. To date, they've awarded more than $10 million in scholarships and grants to tech students. And in times like these, I don't have to tell you how essential those techs are, keeping our delivery and emergency vehicles running and keeping America rolling. To learn more about TechForce or to make a donation to this cause, visit www.techforce.org. You'll be glad you did. All right, Nick, we're back. I'd love for you to share. Now, we touched on it uh, before the break here, your passion for automobiles. You and I share an affiliation or affection, I should say, for Porsche, my favorite mark. What's that pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a car guy? So, look, the the... UK hotel experience was was definitely um, a confirmation. But heading back probably to when I was 14 or 15, you know, my, my parents, you know, were limited means. My, my mother worked two jobs. Um, you know, my father was an academic and the pay at, in those days wasn't fantastic, you know, for, for an academic. He was the opposite of a car guy. I mean, he struggled to tell you the colour of a vehicle. Uh, you know, European. I think it was sort of might have been white, and then again, it could have been black. It, maybe it was silver. <laughs> and it's like, so I certainly didn't get, uh, you know, my love of it. So um, when I was about 15, I, I worked in a, um, in a store carrying out boxes and, and grocery items. And I, I used to love to, you know, it was sort of like, let's carry this, this box of groceries out to someone. You know, they'd lift up the trunk of their car and, and, and you know, I was able to kind of talk to people about, you know, about their about their vehicles. I must say, we used to get all the cardboard boxes from this store and we'd have to take them for recycling, but there was not recycling as we know it where you put it out the front of your store these days. We, we had this van, this um, Volkswagen bus that was converted and we'd shove all the cardboard in this thing until it was full. And I used to love to drive to this recycling facility with the owner um, his name was John Knorr, you know, with this guy, you know, John, Mr. Knorr, I used to call him. I'd sit in the – he'd always take one of the grocery boys with him because he, he, he kind of didn't like lifting the cardboard out. Of course. So we'd, so we'd get out of the supermarket. We'd get out of the store. We'd go to this recycling facility. 
I kind of think he'd just sit behind the sit behind the steering wheel yep. and he'd watch me unload this entire bus full of recycled cardboard. And I, you know, he I actually learned to drive. He, you know, he taught me to drive in that. It's just it was a great vehicle, you know, those that unique sound of those oh, yeah, old the buses. buses, you know, with the stick. It was fantastic. So that was definitely one of, you know, one of the awakening moments for me. Yeah. But, you know, my hotel years ended up running some uh, international conference facilities. And there was a lot of automotive manufacturers who used to come and launch vehicles. So I used to get to see a lot of pre-production cars, particularly nice. with BMW, you know, the, the sort of the uh, some of the M3s when they were launched. And we were in, you know, we had 200 acres on this one particular facility and had internal roads. So at night, you know, I must tell you, in the dead of night, it wasn't BMW, I won't tell you the brand. I don't want to get anyone in trouble all these years <laughs> later. But, you know, we used to uh, go out and sort of just, See how some of these vehicles test drives. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Exactly, it was responsible when we were kind of parking them back. And I remember one morning, uh, one of the bosses came up to me and said, uh, uh, "Mr. Wyman, um, have you got a moment?" Uh Yes. And uh, this is I learnt about automotive showrooms the hard way. He said, "Um, "The uh, the tyres on this vehicle. See this dust here. It does appear that someone's taken this." this vehicle for a spin as he kind of grinned. He said, you know, next time just wipe off the brake dust. Yeah, yeah, wipe off the brake dust. <laughs> yeah, give it a little bit off the brake dust. And uh, that led into, he's like, are you a car guy? And I'm like, am I a car guy or what? The next thing, I'm out at the track with these guys. We were doing some testing. Nice. You know, it really, you know, consolidated my passion for the industry. Wonderful. I love it. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special vehicle? That first car that you bought that you went, man, I finally got it. You know, look, the it was actually a, a, um, a Toyota Land Cruiser of all things. You know, in Australia, we got a lot of land. <laughs> yes, uh, you do. We, we all there's there's twenty million or just over twenty million Australians in the same land mass as the US. So that's like imagine half the population of California sprinkled across the the continental United States. We all hug the coast. If you drive from one side of the country to the other, you drive across this thing called the Nullarbor. It's the desert. You can drive. There's no one out there. And I just love the idea of fitting out this, um, you know, this this vehicle um, for off-road. And, um, you know, so that was that was pretty magical. You know, it had, had a few in, in Australia. It was Ks. We'd say Ks on the clock, not miles on the clock. This thing had plenty of Ks on the clock. and uh, But it was, you know, it was one of the probably an 80 series. I can't remember exactly. But... Yeah, it was a classic. Once again, I wish I held on to that vehicle. I mean, they're pretty popular these days as well. Well, they are. They're pretty cool. Yeah, I like them. Now, I'm going to crawl on your head here a little bit, Nick. If you woke up tomorrow and you were a vehicle, manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. This is your personality in that vehicle. What would you be? Yeah, I've stumped him. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. The Aussie with plenty to say has suddenly got nothing to say. <laughs> speechless because so many things are like running through my mind. Yeah. I really like this idea of, of taking something that's old and making it new again. I love this idea of, you know, blending craftsmanship and technology. I don't know if I'd be that electric vehicle. I'm, I'm not that technically minded, so I probably shy away from that. But, um, you know, definitely something that's been... Um, painstakingly restored, an old classic brought back to life yeah. for the new millennia. So for, for 2021 and beyond, you know, I don't want to be taken out. I don't, I don't want to be a daily driver. I'm not a daily driver. <laughs> My father actually used to say to me, look, Nick, in life, I've kind of, you know, watched you grow up. I, I think you're like, you're not a cross-country runner, actually. You're a sprinter. You know, you like to go hard and fast a little bit. But, you know, then you just like to kind of settle back. So maybe I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, you know, I like to be taken out on special occasions, yeah. taken out on the weekend. I know we're just getting lost in this world of metaphors and it's like, hey, man, what's going on with you out there in California, Nick? <laughs> You're getting into this virtual sort of dream sequence here. But, look, I, um, you know, I, I think I'd love to be, I mean, respectfully, anyone can go out and buy some, you know, um, new vehicle, but, you know, find something that's, you know, that's, that's a bit unique. And, and bring it back to life. That's, that's me. I love it. Nice answer. All right. We are up to what I call uh, the last lap. I'm going to fire off some quick questions, get some quick blips of that older restored car. That is you, Nick. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes? 
not knowing it from our discussion today, but I actually do like to focus. It's really important in what you do. If you set your mind on a particular dream vehicle, a particular job, car, career pathway, I mean, we all had a beating, you know, uh, last year with this virus and it's been so tough on so many people, but this is the time to, to reboot, refresh, whether it be work, whether it be life, and say, you know what, to get where I want to go, to get where I need to go, the only way to do that is focus. Yep. Yeah, I love it. You know, I just had a conversation with a gentleman yesterday who was talking about that, defining what it is you want and how you're going to get it and being very clear with that. Write it down very detailed with that, very focused. So I'd encourage you listeners out there today with this being the new year, 2021, get focused, get clarity, figure it out, answer that question. What do I want to do with my life? And then find a way to do it. Uh, if you are a person that wants to get into a new field, what we're talking about today is a great way through an apprenticeship. Uh, and if you have a business that you want to help young people, Again, give them a go, as uh, Nick says so eloquently. Now, if I could arrange for you to have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Oh, wow. See, look, another. <laughs> I, I'm really, you know, fascinated by, um, the, you know, the, the Europeans. Um, I think it's maybe my heritage. So one of the iconic European masters, you know, the Ford versus Ferrari, you know, era, any of the, the characters portrayed there, you know, the Carol Shelby's, anybody like that, Ferrari, anybody like that. I'd, I'd love to to go back to when the world, you know, was kind of moving a little bit slower. We didn't have this instant email, instant technology, instant gratification. People had time to learn their crafts and have conversations with people. Look, there's been some decimation uh, delivered to companies and individuals by this pandemic, but there's actually been some things to come out of it. I mean, um, the ability to, you know, for people to work, um, you know, more remotely, work out in the field and people having to, you know, really valuing that idea of having a conversation with someone. Um, so if we could work out a way to turn back the clock, look, absolutely. There's a there's a long list of, you know, the masters. And actually in my uh, little hometown part of California, there's a, a fantastic festival that unfortunately was canned the last couple of years called the Pageant of the Masters. It's a way that you can actually go back in time. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, they did the Orson Welles time machine and the audience was taken back to a particular part in time. So maybe a call out there to the organisers maybe um, I should actually I should go and find them and say look let's do some um, you know some back in time through um, um, automobile art you know go back to some of the masters maybe that's something we can do together Mark we need to get onto the organizers there but you know be able to take ourselves back in time maybe we can't have the conversations um, you know you might need a Ouija board for that or something like that <laughs> but maybe maybe the way to do that is through art or through theatre but we can't let the history, you know, we, we need to be mindful of our history as we move forward into this next chapter of our lives. You know, very well said. Uh, growing up down in San Diego, my parents would take us up to the pageant of the Masters every year growing up. I've been to many of those. The Sawdust Festival, the Art Laguna Beach Art Festival was a big part of my life every summer, and I was sad to see it. And I haven't been to it in a while, having moved so far away, but that sounds like a very cool project, and I can't wait for it to come back. For you listeners that have never been into it and if you love art all three of those and there's probably a bunch more that have grown around that in laguna beach are really really fantastic but the pageant the masters look it up i'll put a link to it on nick's show notes page what they do there with live people to create works of art will blow you away it's absolutely incredible now when it comes to automotive advice is there some great advice someone else has ever offered to you when it comes to new cars old cars or anything about cars Oh, know your limitations. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got some great tech friends. And I, I phone a friend. I phone a friend. I don't try and get out of my depth. I mean, I just sent a photo. I, I had I found this <laughs> fantastic toolkit and it's like I know my limitations, right? I, I sent a photo to this friend of mine who's a master tech. And he just sent back a smiley face and we both know what was going on there. He's like, listen, Nick, 
I mean, it's nice you've got those tools, but hey, you've got to know how to use them. Yeah. So I think it's it's about, you know, collaboration, friendship. Um, so if I ever do any work on cars, I'm more of an observer. I must tell you, I'm very upfront with that. But I just love the idea of, of getting some friends together. You know, we just, you know, there's, there's a couple of guys in my world. It doesn't matter what we're doing. We actually always somehow work work our love for cars into the conversation. He's like, hey, did you see that thing last week? And people will send me a text here and a text there. Or um, even my uh, my 10-year-old, uh, he loves out in California. And I'm sure, you know, your listeners have talked about it, the, the Peterson um, Museum. Oh, yes. I love getting up there. Unfortunately, once again, they've taken that all online. But if you're ever in California or in Los Angeles, it's a non-profit there. Uh, if you can go and do a tour, that's great. If you can extend that little bit and get a tour of the vault, oh yeah, that's a whole new world. So I, um, that's a great uh, father-son activity. Um, I love, I love taking my boy uh, James up there, and he is, you know, I think he might be an automotive industry guy. He's like, yeah, Dad, I actually prefer the on this and the, the technical specs of that. And I'm like, hey, how do you know all this, Forza? Forza. <laughs> Forza, yeah. <laughs> of course, of course, the kid plays Forza, you know, so everything he learns, he learns online. But this is something, you know, to wrap up, you know, our conversation. Yeah. There's different ways to learn. And so we've got to get this younger generation. They love gaming. I mean, the boy plays Fortnite and he plays this. Let's let's get what they're interested in and seeing how we can kind of translate to all these shops who've got these retiring workers, this aging workforce, how can we plug in this next generation of people? I mean, it's a win-win. It's good for the economy. It's good for communities. And it's a great feeling, Mark. I mean, it feels good when you do something for someone else in this world. And I think we need to do a whole lot more of that. It's a secret sauce to life, what I've learned after talking to 1,719 people now with you today. A nice segue into this next question, which is great resources. I'm definitely going to list your company, IWSI Group, as a wonderful resource. There's another one I mentioned in your intro, American Institute of Innovative Apprenticeships. I'll put a link to that. They have a website as well. Is there another great resource you might recommend us? Yeah, look, re- reach out to me. I love I love a chat, as you probably gathered. I mean, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, join join me on LinkedIn at Nicholas underscore Wyman. Um, I'm pretty active on on Twitter. Um, you know, I if if I don't know the answer, um, I'll I'll try and connect you with someone who does. Okay. I certainly don't have all the answers, but and you know, for companies, they can always reach out to me on something like LinkedIn or something like that. Just kind of connect with me, ask me a question, and you know, it really depends on which part of the country they're in, as as, as to to who might help. Because the other thing we learned with this whole you know pandemic is that there's a lot more work going on at the local level. You know, going on in people's communities. Um, I'd love for you to come over to California and and. You know, last year it was so hard and so restrictive for people to travel. So a lot of the things you were doing, you were doing within your community. So that's how I approach this, um, you know, this skills conversation. I think that a lot of jobs have opened up at the local level. I think people aren't going to be traveling as much, particularly internationally. So, yeah, love love to connect listeners, you know, if they're looking for an apprenticeship or um, if they um, know someone who, or if you you, know, you want to take on some apprentices yourself, or you know an organisation who might be able to employ an apprentice, or um, host some school um, study trips, um, as we talked about, to show young people what you're doing, which is you know is is potentially life life changing. It is life changing. Now, I mentioned at the beginning, you wrote a book titled Job You, and I'm going to put that under your listing for book recommendations, obviously authored by our guest today, Nicholas Wyman. Is there another great book you might recommend to our listeners? Look, um, Blue Ocean Strategy, Uh, (laughs) an old classic competitive advantage, you know, competitive advantage by a guy, Michael Porter, I Fortunately, sat in on a class, you know, at, at um, up in Boston there at, at at Harvard Business School that that Michael Porter ran, and it really connected with me because the way that companies can compete, you know, manufacturers are making some amazing vehicles, but the way that companies can compete and can create this competitive advantage is through human capital, and human capital through people. I mean, technological automation, man and machine or mankind, I should say, and machine, 
need to work together in in harmony. And I mean, uh, Toyota, um, they've got this manufacturing process. I'm probably going to say it wrong, and and people will be writing to you going, "Hey, what is it with that Aussie?" I think it's called <laughs> Giordorka, Giordorka, which is like translated from Japanese to uh, mankind and machine working together in harmony. Technology ain't going to take our jobs. We just need to learn how to use it and how to embrace it. And, you know, the Japanese um, did it pretty well, Um, you know, very um, technologically proficient in their manufacturing process, but they're still people. Um, You know, people are important in this world. And, you know, I was thinking, say you've, you've got a dog or a cat or a pet, and you take it off to a vet or a, 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 a veterinary hospital, you don't want to take your dog off to see a robot. You want to go and see a person. <laughs> yes. it's, it's about humanity. What we've learned in the last year or two years with this pandemic and, and this, this new bright future is humanity will prevail. But we need everyone to refresh, reboot, and have a happy new year. Yeah. Happy new year to you, Mark. Happy new year to the listeners. Have a great day and have a great year. Now, I'm not going to let you go just yet, Nick, but very well said. I have one last fun question for you today since we're starting the new year fresh. You're going to get to start the new year fresh with a new car, something that you've always wanted. I call it the checkered flag question. It's a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you, though, a collector car, something fun, which is what you talked about early on about the kind of car you are, a, a, more of a collector car, not a daily driver. This is something that I want you to take out and enjoy on the beautiful coast. Highway there in Laguna Beach, Highway 1. Driven that many, many times. But I wanted to check all the boxes. I want you to go out and enjoy it and drive it. But it's the only one cool collector car you can have. So it needs to be the right ride for you. So are we going to stay with the Porsche Mark or am I going to buy a Nick Wyman something different today? No, it's it's a Porsche. Okay. I'm, a, I'm an old school guy. Okay. Which one do you want? A 1972 Oh, okay. It was 12,900. I've got a little post-it note to remind myself. Um, It sits on my computer. At 1972, there was 12,962 911 model cars made. There was only something like, um, look, I I don't know the exact number, but I think it was way less than 2,000 of those those were the S-Coupe. Yep. And... I'm a, I'm a target guy. I don't know why. I, can't, I mean, people are like, Nick, you need to – it's like that's that's – it's just something that connects with me. And, you know, all the technician friends of mine are saying, hey, man, get something a bit more, you know, like sort of more than 90s. You're going to enjoy the ride. I just love – I just love, you know, the color combinations. I'm, I'm kind of struggling. Would I go that sort of orange, maybe the yellow, you know, those amazing 70s colors, right? Oh, yeah. Should I be bold? Uh, be bold. Be- it's 2021, my friend. We only live once. Okay. Well, there's something that just connects with me. You know, I painted my office door, uh, the outer door to my office here. I kind of, as, as, a, as a COVID project, I painted it kind of like this burnt orange color. So okay. I think we're talking an orange uh, 72 uh, 911S. You know, I just want to be able to feel that Southern California sunshine. Yep. I love that feeling of fresh air. I've got the space in the garage. Okay. I've just got to work out how to do it. So, <laughs> you know, I've just got to keep, I think I've just got to keep working at it. You know, I mean, if, if everything's kind of given to you and everything's easy in life, everyone you want to be doing it. You know, I, I just want something that I know that, you know, someone has, has pretty much held every nut and every bolt yeah. in their hand, you know, every part of the vehicle and, and just you know, just taking some interest, taking some care and taking some love and just continuing on that tradition, you know, taking something that's old and making it new again. Absolutely. Well, this is easy for me because I had a 72S coupe for many years. It wasn't as bold as what you're talking about. Mine was ivory. I always wished it was something. In fact, the colors you've chosen, uh, they made a couple beautiful colors, blood orange or tangerine. Those two colors are brilliant colors. So I'm going to pick the right one just for you. Make sure it's a Targa. You can pop the top off and cruise down the coast highway in that 72S. 2.4 liter, of course, high revving car. That's what's so much fun about those things. I'll get right to work on that for you, Nicholas. You have taken me, though, on a great ride today. This has been really fun. Wonderful way to start the new year. I can't imagine anybody else I'd rather start it with than you. Before I let you go, though, what's one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance you might give us before you head off down the coast highway in that 72S? Enjoy the new year. It's it's a it's a new start. Really just, you know, embrace life, 
embrace friends, embrace family, be happy, be happy, do what makes you happy. I think it's really important that um, we all owe it to ourselves. We've had a torrid time as communities, as a country, as a global citizen. We've had a really tough time. Allow yourself some slack, be happy, and go and do what you love. Nicely said. What's the best way for people to keep up with you at IWSI Group? Yeah, Twitter, absolutely. Nicholas uh, underscore Wyman, at Nicholas underscore Wyman. Okay, great. I'll put links to those on Nicholas Shono's page. And I want to do a shout out to Alexandra Rush at the Rosen Group PR. She's the one that introduced me to Nicholas. So, Alex, nice job. Listeners, again, Happy New Year to you. Take advice from Nick here. Be happy. Figure out what you want to do and what makes you happy in life. And you know what? Go out and do it. You can do it. If you want to go back and listen to any of my 1,719 guests, they've all figured it out as well. You'll find it all on the Cars Yeah website. I wish everybody listening today a very, very happy, healthy, and prosperous new year. Go out and do what you want to do and do it today. Take care. Thanks, Nick. Mark, thank you. This has been great. Kevin Buckler is a winning racer and team owner of the Racers Group. He has over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans. Kevin realized the racing world is about the people and founded Adobe Road Winery. He and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own with a racing twist. Just like in racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, Superb taste, all blended together with a whole lot of fun. There are four carefully crafted blends with race-inspired names. Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. When you purchase all four, you get the entire lineup in a beautifully designed gift box. There's a printed description of the blends inside the box lid, and every bottle is parked in a protective die-cut placeholder. The bottles feature three-dimensional labels, and I promise... You'll want to keep them after enjoying these delicious wines. The box is so cool, you'll want to keep it too. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiasts in your life, and I have a deal for you. If you use the code CARSYEAH, all one word, all caps, at checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wine from the Racing Series. Your wine ships promptly and arrives quickly. Use the code CARSYEAH at checkout for $10 off on your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the Racing Series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYAT today to get your deal. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!